Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello there, modern lovers, and you know what else makes you healthy and sexy? It's being grateful. Oh, think about that. We have an amazing guest today that I'm so excited to have joined us, who is the author of a new book that I think is perfect for this time. It's called The Way of Gratitude, a new spirituality for today. And you're going to meet him in just a moment. But think about what gratitude, gratefulness, has to do with a global pandemic, a global movement for racial justice. There is so much to talk about. And how do we apply gratefulness, gratitude, are those spiritual tools? Are they intellectual tools? What exactly is that? So before we get there, I want to make sure that you all know that on next Friday, which would be August 7th, depending on when you are listening in, Dr. John Gray is going to be my guest for a three-part series, Do You Know Your Love IQ?, so that you can get Love Smart. We all know about EQ, IQ, but did you know you need your Love IQ as well? So I've developed a Love IQ test, and gratefulness might be on the test. We might have to add it. We'll see. But it's so important that you remember love doesn't carry us. We carry love, and you have to have the skills. You have to communicate. And everyone goes, yes, yes, communication, but what does that really mean? What's the best way to communicate? What's the best way to connect? And if you're single, married, widowed, divorced, young, seasoned, as I like to say, LGBTQ or straight, doesn't matter. Where you are on your journey of love, love is one of the greatest gifts we can experience. And I want you to experience it in the highest and the best way possible. So take that time. Go to Eventbrite right now. Grab a seat. Money does not have to be an issue. If a seat on Eventbrite costs money you can't afford, send me an email, love at docwade.com, L-O-V-E, docwade, D-O-C-W-A-D-E, and just say, hey, I'd like a scholarship. We'll make it possible for you. All right. Having said that, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. We have Galen Gingrich. And Galen is the minister at All Souls Church in New York City, and his sermon after 9-11 was considered one of the touchstones for recovery from that trauma that traumatized not just our nation, but the entire world. And I want you to know he brings wisdom, he brings understanding, and his new book, I believe, is a book for times such as this. So welcome to the show, Galen Gingrich. So happy to have you with us. Thanks so much, Dr. Brenda. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you. 
Well, thank you for that. Now, everyone, Galen didn't just out of nowhere. He has an impressive, impressive CV with Princeton and with PhDs and divinity degrees and all sorts of wonderful educational preparation. You can learn more about him. I'm going to give you his website right now. So you can go there. It's galengingrich.com, or you can go to allsoulsnyc.org, learn more about him. But right now, I want you to learn about Galen's wonderful message. So Galen, how did you get interested in the first place in going down the path of divinity and making that your life's work in your field of study? It's a very good question, Dr. Brenda, and I guess the honest answer is I went into the family business. Um, I grew up conservative Mennonite, which if, uh, if you know the much more familiar Amish, the conservative Mennonites are sort of like the Amish, except not quite so much. We had electricity and we hit cars, but it was a very austere, somewhat cloistered upbringing, and my father Uh, is a Mennonite minister, my maternal grandfather, seven of my 11 uncles, and about a dozen of my first cousins are their spouses. So when I uh, grew up, uh, I displayed a certain talent, I guess, for words. And so I was headed for the ministry and then decided that the conservative Mennonite approach wasn't for me. Uh, So I continued to study and do a few other things. May I ask you a question about that? I know everyone is going, sure. why wasn't it for you? So let me ask the question that's on everyone's mind. Why? What was it in you that said, I need to go a different path? Although it is the family business, you took a different path. Well, for me, it ultimately came down to what I most truly know. And particularly for the conservative Mennonites, like a lot of Christians, the touchstone was the Bible. And the view was that you had to interpret everything else you knew in light of what was in the Bible. And that ultimately seemed to me to be somewhat backwards, that I needed to interpret what's in the Bible and other wisdom texts in light of everything else I know things I know by experience, Mm. things I know by reason, things I know by science. And ultimately, I decided I needed to find an environment in which I could do that. Um, So thank you for your vulnerability and honesty with that. That's that's a struggle that a lot of people have. So I'm glad you spoke to that. We certainly have some of our listeners who have indicated they're struggling also with the roots of their Christian or Jewish or Buddhist or whatever kind of upbringing and saying, how do I make that personal and make it relevant to myself? So thank you. Appreciate you speaking to it. So please carry on. I want to hear the rest of the story. I'm already hooked. It's fascinating. Well, I think the journey uh, was largely an effort to say, okay, I've given up the Bible as establishing what we most truly know and what is most truly real, but what do we replace it with? And Mm -hmm. that's the key question. If the Bible isn't sort of the source of all truth, 
what is and what is it that you can hold on to to begin to build a way of life that in the modern world, given all of the challenges we face, can give us a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose and most of all, a sense of joy. And the realization I had at one point was that everything in the universe is made up of relationships. If you take the physical material that makes up the universe and you collapse it all together, you literally have a handful of material. Everything else is relationships. The relationships of those Mm. materials as they relate to each other. And so I began to think of myself in terms of my relationship with the natural world, air, light, food, water, my relationships with other people, the people who gave birth to me and raised me and taught me, the people who grow my food, the people who do what needs to be done so I can ride the buses and subways, so I can use an iPhone. My life relies completely on the people and world around me. So once I began to see my life in terms of relationships, I said, you know, the first thing I need to do spiritually is express my deep gratitude to the world around me, to the people around me, for my life as I I owe You know, it's so interesting that you say that, Galen, because most of us go through our days and we don't think about who made the things possible, who made it possible for us to actually ride in the car or the subway or, as you said, all of these things, the clothes we wear, everything, someone made it possible for us and often at a tremendous price, personal price. Yes. We know that, yes. you know, there are sweatshops and we know that people, you know, are suffering from environmental illness because mm-hmm. of some of the things they had to create that we use. So yes. that's a deep, yes. deep practice to become aware of those invisible others who make our lives right. possible. Somebody had to grow the food Somebody had to, you know, get it to the market so we could buy it. And in some cases, they cooked it so we could pick it up as takeout. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm resonating very strongly. And because everything that we work with, with this program, is about relationships. This is another way. Hey, you guys out there, modern lovers, here's another way for you to look at deepening your understanding of relationship. Oh, my goodness. Keep going, Galen. Yes. <laughs> you're, well, you're, I, as I they think... used to say in the old Baptist church, there's a thing people would shout out if you were really, really bringing the gospel. They'd say, make it plain. So make it plain. Yes. Yes. I've been in some of those churches. Uh, it's a wonderful expression. <laughs> once, once you begin to think of your life in terms of the, the relationships that make up your life and you become aware of how much you rely on the people and world around you, then the question becomes, what do I owe back in return? And to me, gratitude as a way of life isn't just about being grateful for what the people and world around provide to us, but it's also about how I respond by giving the people and world around me 
what they need to survive and even to thrive. So a way of gratitude turns out to be a life of reciprocity where we rely on the people in the world around us and we in turn are in some measure responsible to do what we can to make the world more truthful, more beautiful, more peaceful, and more just. And one of the things that this coronavirus pandemic has done is it's made us much more aware of all the things that we take for granted, like you mentioned a moment ago. We are very good at assuming that everything shows up for us just because, well, it should. And we kind of ignore all of the things that had to happen in order for us to live our lives as we live them. But once in a yeah, while, something happens. Yeah, and this is the first time ever... Life stops. Go ahead. Yes. I said once, once in a while, I this. life stops. Yeah. Right. It stops. And Galen, what you just said made me think of all the signs that are up saying thank you to grocery workers. Yes. Thank you to transportation workers. Thank you to the people who are on the front line in hospitals. We have never stopped to thank grocery workers and transportation workers and people on the front line in hospitals before we've taken them for granted. Right, right. And this is an opportunity. Um, Every every time something bad happens, um, something else happens next. And sometimes that something next is a good thing that would not have happened if the bad thing hadn't happened. And it doesn't mean that the bad thing is a good thing, but it means that if we are open to the relationships in the world around us, we can look for those good things that come next and we can express our gratitude and we can stop taking people for granted and we can stop taking the natural world for granted. And that level of of openness and awareness. Yeah, I wanted to ask you uh, what you just brought to mind, of course, is out of the pandemic, we also have this now this feeling of we are more connected. We are more in relationship with one another because people over there are suffering what we're suffering over here. And people we haven't even thought about, oh, my God, what are the numbers in New Zealand? Oh, wow, they're flat. What are the numbers in Italy? What are the numbers in China? What are the numbers on the African continent now? But also, I wondered, one of the good things that seems to me to have come out of the pandemic, as crazy as it may seem, is that for the first time, we have time to pay attention to the racial justice and equality movement. And how do you weave that, something like that, into your profound understanding of how something bad could become something good. Well, to me, uh, the way of gratitude is about openness to the relationships that make up the world we live in. And sometimes we think of gratitude as just saying thank you for good things that happen. It's a, it's an important aspect of gratitude but to me, it isn't the heart of gratitude. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure you know the Aerosmith song, Love in an Elevator. Uh, that's <laughs> one kind of love. But there are other kinds of love. There's love of parents for their children, love of close friends for each other. And then there's the kind of love that gives deeply and fully without 
any expectation of return that we often refer to as divine love. So there's a whole spectrum of experience that we refer to when we use the term love. And to me, gratitude is much the same. It's an openness to the way things really are in our own hearts and minds, in the lives of the people around us, and in the natural world. And I think one of the things that, the, that this era of racial justice and increasing attention to uh, police tactics and to the disparities and inequalities that are built into our culture is to become aware, to open our eyes, to see the realities that so many of us for a long time have chosen not to look at and not to um, recognize how deeply painful the structures of our society are for so many people. So I think this openness and awareness that the coronavirus has invited us uh, into in some parts of our lives, this new era of activism for social justice has invited us to be open and aware in another part of our lives. And to me... Yeah, and I I have to say in the most just blatant way, it's super important to me that people tie together spirituality. You know, I'm a big fan of Dr. Howard Thurman, who wrote the book, Jesus and the Disinherited, because he really puts together Jesus was an actor. Mm -hmm. So for those who come from the Christian faith, absolutely, Jesus was out with the poor, the lepers, the women who were being who were being stoned, women who were being threatened with death because they were adulterers, which of course men wouldn't have been. He was an activist. And yes. so was Buddha. Buddha traveled many, many miles by foot to bring meditation and enlightenment across the poorest areas of India. So all these great teachers, you know, all the great mythologies point toward what you're speaking to. And I just want, because I know a lot of our audience members follow many different paths, I want you to look at the path you follow and ask yourself how this approach of openness, this approach to relational living that Galen is describing, how that also is given life in the path you follow. This isn't saying, hey, you have to follow a new path. This is saying, hey, maybe you could add something to the path you've chosen. And I believe there's always room to add more to our spiritual understanding, our spiritual practice, whether it's the Bible or not. It's important to be open-minded. The minute your mind closes, you guys, you want to go to the power of the mind. The mind is a curious beautiful, brilliant instrument, but only if it keeps learning and growing. Just had to throw that in, Galen. Sorry. I I think you're absolutely right, Dr. Brenda. And I think the important thing about it in terms of our relationships is that this principle of openness and awareness, uh, which to me is the heart of how I understand spirituality, is a matter of opening ourselves to the truth about the way things really are. So the, the opposite of openness is ignorance. And if you're talking about a relationship, if 
my, if I've done something, perhaps even unknowingly, that has really hurt my wife and I can uh, sense in her demeanor that something's wrong, I can either ignore that and further damage the relationship or I can notice it and say, please tell me what's bothering you. And it's about giving myself the information I need in order to live my life in a way that will be meaningful and purposeful and ultimately joyful. And I think the same is true when it comes to racial justice. If I close my eyes to the truth about the lives of people of color in this country, particularly black Americans, I'm willfully being ignorant of what I need to know in order to be the kind of person I have been called to be in this world. And anytime you close yourself off leads to ignorance and a sense of disconnection and isolation. I just ultimately think it's in our best interest to open our hearts, open our minds, open ourselves to the people in the world around us. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more because at the end of the day, we all occupy this world. And if there is suffering in the world and we don't address it, we're closing our hearts, number one. And since we are all about relationships and love with this program, you really can't operate as a healthy person. And and this brings me to something, Galen, that is really important here in our backyard in the Bay Area. We have the UC Berkeley Center for Greater Good, where all the research on gratefulness, the research on forgiveness, the research on compassion is being done. And there are 14 guys, you know, I'm going to geek out here because I always do. There's a part of me came from hard science, Galen, I can't help it. It's like a twitch. I have to bring the science in. There are 14 proven health benefits for being grateful. 14, one of them is a healthier immune system. Another is less depression. A third is less anxiety. So there are lots of good reasons to embrace this mindset and this way of being in the world. Galen is encouraging. And you guys all know we are a reading group here and you are to run and buy five copies of this book so that you read them and spread them around with everybody that you talk to so you can have conversations about it. And Galen, for you, what is the most important thing that you want people to understand about gratitude, about gratefulness, as a new kind of spirituality for today? I think uh, I will repeat in a different way the point you just made, Dr. Brenda, and I couldn't agree more that ultimately the way of life that we choose needs to be validated by science. I actually started out uh, my college years uh, in mathematics, so I'm very much with you in kind of believing in in the data. But ultimately, for me, the way of gratitude is about living my life tuned with the way things really are. And it's about opening my heart and opening my mind. And to me, 
if I'm in tune with the way things really are, even if things are difficult, it gives me a sense of meaning, a sense of engagement, a sense of purpose, and most of all, a sense of joy. And one of the things that I have myself found essential in this process is taking a few minutes each morning, and I I call it setting my spiritual compass. And it's not so much about what I want to do today as it is who I want to be today. What uh, values do I want to embody today? And I find that if I spend a few minutes, I call it my first light meditation, I describe it in the book, to set my spiritual compass that it, it makes dealing with all of the other parts of the day, the to-do list, the email, the phone calls, whatever, um, it happens within a framework of a larger intention. That, to me, has been absolutely essential to living with gratitude. Mm, that's a beautiful practice because it sets the tone for the day. And guys, you all know this. How you start your day is how your day is going to go and how your day is going to end. And to begin it with just this practice, gratefulness. Now, Galen, is there anything else that you would encourage us to do in terms of practicing gratefulness. You have this practice in the book, first light. I like the, the word first light. So we, we have this awareness of the light in the morning and being able to open ourselves. And that does definitely set the tone. Is there anything else that you would like to encourage our listeners to do? One part of the first light meditation is to take a few minutes over a short wisdom text. Sometimes it's a sentence, sometimes three or four sentences that I've drawn from wise people throughout the, uh, not just the centuries, but back into ancient times. And I send this out every morning. Um, If you want to receive it, you can sign up on my website, galenkingrich.com. And I find that availing myself of the life lessons and wisdom of other people who have tried to live a life of meaning, purpose, and joy is, is very helpful. And the other is that I've, I've sort of taken what I call the way of gratitude and condensed it into seven gratitude goals. They're very simple. Um, and, they're a way of reminding myself of the kind of person I want to be, the way I want to walk through the world, and the kind of difference I'm going to try to make. And I find that given the pace of life, given the influx of information, unless we are thoughtful and intentional about who we want to be, how we want to live, we just get caught up with doing what the media tells us to do, doing what the marketplace tells us what to do, and it all kind of gets lost and we feel exhausted and enervated. So I think keeping the the principles in front of us is important. Yeah, I need to just tag on to what you just said, recognize that the fatigue, the low energy, this kind of I'm dragging myself through the day, what you're speaking to counteract that because everything is energy you guys you've heard me say it a million times first law of quantum physics everything is energy all energy is connected all energy is magnetic and just think about waking up tomorrow 
with a wisdom teaching. Think about that. Think about waking up with gratefulness and gratitude in your heart. How might that shift how you feel during your day? And what about, Galen, what do you think about writing that list at the end of the day? This is one of my practices to write a list of everything I'm grateful for today. I think that's a wonderful idea. And uh, as, as, as you know, the research has shown that people who kind of stop and uh, count your blessings as the old uh, Christian hymn puts it, uh, that, that they end up being happier and healthier. And to me, gratitude isn't just about recognizing what's good in our lives. It's also looking at the problems in our life in a different way. I sometimes say that people who live with gratitude look at problems and see possibilities. So it's not about trying to ignore problems and hope they'll go away, but it's looking at at them with a sense of possibility and a sense of openness and saying, how could I shift this? What, how could I make a difference here? How could I move beyond this? And I think that sense of openness that leads to a feeling of possibility is something that gives us more strength and more energy as we move through our day. Mm, I love that. From problem to possibility, you guys, take that and really, really meditate on it. From problem to possibility, because when we don't operate from gratefulness, we get stuck in fear. We get stuck and we have to get our mind unstuck by using a different thought pathway because it uses another part of the brain versus generating anxiety thoughts. And God knows it changes our energy. Galen, this is such a rich conversation. I am such a huge fan, as I'm sure you know, about all things having to do with gratitude gratefulness. And if the only word we ever said, this is a quote from Brother David Steindl-Ost, and Brother David said, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, it's enough. It's enough. Yes. And this coming from someone who is living proof that gratefulness can definitely shift the trajectory of every part of your life. He's hail hearty and healthy at 96, going out every day, picking up trash and cleaning up the earth and, you know, living a life that we can look to. So your book points people down that path. And you get the last word, Galen, before we wrap up. You get the very last word. What do you want to leave us with? A sense of openness, a sense of possibility, and the recognition moment of each day is another gift and we didn't deserve any of this and the life we have is ours for the living and we don't know how many of them we are going to have but we know that we have this one and so as a wise person once said live all you can it's a mistake not to seize the moment seize the day be grateful, be possible, and uh, embrace the joy of this life. Mm, words to 
live by everybody. Our guest today is Galen Gingrich, and Galen's book, wonderful, wonderful book, is available. And say the whole title so everyone can feel it, because when you say it, you say it with a resonance, a very distinct energy. I want to hear you say it, and then I'll tell people where to get it. Okay. The book is titled The Way of Gratitude, A New Spirituality for Today. Just feel that, you guys, because Galen is offering us a gift, The Way of Gratitude, A New Spirituality for Today, and it's available everywhere, Amazon, Kindle, audiobooks, grab it, you know, download it, listen to it as you're doing whatever it is you're doing during this pandemic. And whether you're out in the street marching for racial justice, whether you're part of the wall of moms protecting the young protesters or the wall of dads, or you're an ally, or you're someone who has suffered the indignities and the hardships brought on by racial injustice, there is something in all of this for us to be grateful for. Because for one thing, everybody's waking up. We're all coming together. We're rest for the first time. I'm seeing more recognition of sisterhood and brotherhood across every conceivable line. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And Galen Gingrich, thank you so very much for sharing your gifts with us today. I'm grateful for you. And hey, modern lovers, go to Eventbrite. Be sure you check out Raise Your Love IQ, because guess what? Being grateful for your mate is one of the ways you raise your love IQ and be grateful for them before you even see them. Galen, what were you about to say? I was just going to say it's been such an honor and a pleasure to be with you and your listeners today, Dr. Brenda. Thank you and blessings to you. Ah. Blessings gratefully accepted, and we share them with all our listeners. Big thank you to Cliff Dunning, our executive producer. Big thank you to all you modern lovers. Special thanks and blessings.